So welcome back to an earful podcast. On this episode, we have the wonderful guys from Telltale. Yes, and just to set the pretense on it, uh, we spoke to him the week before the EP Lyuea was released. Uh, it is out now. You can go and get it. You can go and check it out. It's great. Make sure you do. Uh, but we talk all the things about the actual process of writing the EP, the local scene. We talk about what's the favourite scary movies. And then, of course, we talk about pet peeves as well. It's a good chat. It is. Enjoy. I've not missed that Zoom voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's jump right back right into it then. So, how's it going, guys? You good? Oh yeah, yeah. How are you all today? Doing good, doing good. How are y'all? I'm not bad, thank you, mate. Not bad at all. So, um, where are you guys at the moment? Are you in Richmond at the current point? Are you in completely different places? Um, uh, Tim is. I'm just out of town for the weekend, but yeah, normally in Richmond. Nice. nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're chatting here today, obviously regarding the brand new EP, which is out in the next week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, next week. Damn. And it, when did you start? You guys start writing for this EP? Has it been a long time coming? Has it been something that's been put together quite quickly? Or it's kind of been a long time coming, I guess. You know, like we started the process. Like some of these tracks were done before, like the world shut down. March 2020 uh so some of it started like early 2020 before that and then some of it came back you know mid 2020 early 2021 as well it wasn't like fully done until October 2021 is when we kind of went back out uh to LA and and wrapped everything up on it just because you know things had finally simmered down enough we were all okay to travel and just kind of make it happen you know yeah so I'm curious for you guys then what how does the writing process work for you guys is it well, you all write together in one room or is it like so you track like an idea on whatever software you use and then you throw it around how does it work for you guys um normally yeah like rice or myself or one of the guys will like write a riff um normally we build out like the songs in like 30 minute segments before we actually like head into the studio so like I might write something and then go demo with Bryce. Um, and then when we actually go for like a real recording session with our producer, Zach, we'll just kind of bring snippets of songs and be like, Hey, what, what sounds cool to like start working on. Um, and normally once we kind of fill out the vibe with the song, just kind of what we're going for, we can kind of build out the rest of the track and then he'll help us, you know, kind of put it together and, um john will come with some different melodies and different lyrical sets like in mind to have for the songs but a lot of our writing is pretty much done in the studio um like together as one and it's kind of weird because i feel like a lot of bands come with more for like formal demos and everything but like we only show up with like 30 seconds of a song and then just write the rest of the entire song in one like two hour period or something so it's kind of unique but um just something that works for us it's nice having the producer's input as well and having that like extra extra person who's obviously not not got the same perspective as you have in in a, in a sense you know i mean you guys are always playing together it's nice having that outside view and maybe the extra opinions of maybe what would sound good in the track and and things like that yeah definitely so yeah. 
No doubt. Um, yeah, we've been working with the same um, producer, Zach Jones, since pretty much the band started. Um, so he's kind of like a fifth member. He's done like our Timeless Youth record back in like 2019 and then a bunch of um, other demos as well as this this new album, Fly Your Way Out. So um, he just brings a unique perspective to he, he was used to be in this metalcore band called My Enemies and I. And he just likes to write like really dark and like kind of tough stuff. So it just works for us. So how did that relationship start then? Was it you had a mutual friend or a connection or is it something where you just, you were inspired by some of his previous work? Because obviously he's done people 333 and a few yeah. other established bands. Was there something that drove you to connecting with him? So uh, like being from Richmond and everything, Zach's uh, old band was, I guess, mm-hmm. Richmond based technically. Richmond and the, the beach, John's from two hours uh, east down at the shore of Virginia Beach. And so... Yeah. Uh, kind of just growing up in the same scenes and stuff. John had a, I guess, a better like direct connection with him because he played in. John did a lot of like metalcore bands before uh, sliding over to, I guess, you know, the yeah. rocky pop punk world of stuff. And so that's kind of where the two of them linked up. But we ended up playing like a CD release show for them and just kind of vibing with Zach. He, it was nice because he was just like an hour down the road. We would just like pop into a studio and do some stuff for like just a day of the weekend and be like, Yo, I just came up with a sick riff. Do you have an idea? Like, are you available later? And be like, yeah, pull through. So like we had that kind of vibe going for the longest time. Yeah, it was super sick. Uh, And obviously like he's gone out to LA and done some insane things since then. Uh, As you mentioned, like working with Jason and and the fever, uh, that's sweet. Um, Tons of other stuff. So like sucked that he uh, went a little further away, like plane ride and all that stuff um but you know it's sick to see how much he's like grown since even just like our first release and like i guess that was like two years ago two and a half something like that so it's just great honestly and it's nice to get into a different atmosphere as well like just getting out of like uh, virginia and getting all the way over to la and and having that sort of design do you think that influences your your music sort of as well and when you're writing over the like the mood of it I, I think so for sure. I mean, like Tim, you remember the one McDonald's that was next to his house? Yeah. Yeah. He used to, Zach used yeah. to live in like a very rural part of Virginia. So it was like just him. And then literally there was one restaurant like around the, and it was like, we had to eat there at the same spot. Like every day kept eating like the same, like McDonald's happy meals and stuff. And it, it was kind of gross after a while, you know? So, um, after he <laughs> moved out to, um, LA there's obviously like a lot more spots to eat the weather's like a bit better yeah. and it was definitely cool to just not be in Richmond to kind of write some new stuff so it was cool I think the aspect of getting out of your hometown scenery is a massive difference for in terms of just productivity and creativity in general because it's like you completely take your headspace out of what you typically would be doing because I remember our old band we recorded something in our hometown and it was like, right, we'll just go home and walk the dog or we'll go and sorry, whatever we're having for dinner or whatever else. And it's like, it's not the same because it's like, as soon as you go somewhere else, you're like, I am in a band. We are focusing on this writing process and everything is about that. Yeah. Like I, the walking the dog and like going home aspect was like something that definitely hit home for just driving down. Cause I mean, when we did uh, the timeless youth sessions, that's kind of how it was. It was like, all right, cool. I work at four. So like, I got a dip at three and like just that kind of aspect yeah, for the whole, yeah. the whole time. Whereas like when we're flying out there, it's just like, we're here, let's go. Like, we're just 
we're in music mode the whole time. Like, sure, it's always, oh, yo, this band's playing. Let's go check it out. Or, like, we tried to go to Universal um, for, like, the Halloween Horror Nights when we were out nice. there. Stuff like that yes. pops up, of course. But, you know, like, that aspect of getting away from everything, all the distractions, even though, like, L.A. is a way busier place than, like, Richmond, Virginia ever will be, like, there's just so much more going on at home because like, that's where all your ties are. I have to go let my dog out. My boss is calling me. They're like, yo, you sure you want to, don't want to come in? It's like, yeah, leave me alone. All that aspect is just, <laughs> that's all gone. It's all gone when you're across the country. So, I think so, it unif- unifies you more as a band as well, because you're all in the same headspace and all the same area. Cause I remember the same referring back to it yeah. when we were recording in our hometown, it was, uh, and one of us isn't coming because he's a, he's got a shift. He's only coming in at this time, and it, right. it's just not the same experience. Exactly, agreed. Yeah. So, yeah. um, what what's the what's the music like? Or what what's the music scene like in your in in Richmond, Virginia? Then what's that like at the moment? Because is that if I'm not mistaken, is that the hometown of Dave Grohl? Yeah, is this Dave Grohl territory? He's um yeah, he's about like an hour up the street um from us. Yeah, yeah he's up in like Alexandria, but um Food Fighters does yeah. play like a bunch of like really cool shows and things around like the DC yeah. and like Richmond area. I've seen a co- couple nice. times. Um, but yeah, Richmond scene's really solid. We have a really solid um I'd say like a DIY like punk scene, um very strong hardcore scene with like um. You know, we used to have down to nothing's from here, Lamb of God's from here, um, Gore. So it's just, I don't know, yeah. some weirder bands, um, you know, heavier bands that we all uh, like. Gore is sick. <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a bar here. They have it's called Gore Bar. Um, Gore Bar. And no, as <laughs> if. Yeah, yeah, it's super sick. And all of the all the food is named after like their songs, or it's just like really gross, like. I don't know, like galactic <laughs> steak or some shit like that. And it's just kind of gross. But um, yeah, we just, Richmond's our cool town. Everybody is really supportive in the music scene. Um, house shows are like a really big thing here. Just DIY spaces. And um, people are always down to, you know, drink a really crappy beer and watch like some kids punch each other to like a hardcore band. So it's always a time. Always the best way to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I think of that, obviously, because uh, with a perspective from uh, just being in the UK, it just reminds me of the Denny's Diner video when they have the hardcore band playing in there and then everyone's just going sick in Denny's, <laughs> just throwing yeah. down in Denny's. <laughs> yeah. That is a really sick video. Yeah. That's, that's that kind yeah. of sums up like our area. Like we had, I had this one show that I booked for like a couple pop punk bands and it was in my friend's house. This kid actually like tore down like, the oh, ceiling yeah. fan like out of the like top of the ceiling and it like caused like a like almost oh, a fire shit. like and it was just oh, the most God. ridiculous like stuff like that where people just go like really far with like with like stuff like that so i love that video yeah amazing so you guys uh in the press packs that we sent over you kind of talk about how um you should kind of embrace your individuality is like people um was there like a certain influence or band or moment or something like that which kind of kind of defined where you kind of clarified what the individual person you was bryce you want to start or i can go it's a bigger one uh i don't know tim i'm gonna I'm 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 shove this one on you real fast Take a drink of your cookout. <laughs> yeah. You got a milkshake? What you got? Yeah, I got a drink. Um, 
Yeah, I guess like my music journey kind of started like um, my dad used to be a promoter back in the 80s. So he booked like bands over here in the U.S. like Joan Jett and like George Thorogood, um, you know, bands like that. So I kind of grew up in like a musical background. My uncle like played guitar and everything. Um, first CD I got was Meteora by Linkin Park. So that kind of like sprang nice. me to, um, nice. you know, music. Um, I first got a guitar when I was like you know, in middle school, about 13 after playing guitar hero, like religiously. Um, and, you know, just those type, that type of like thing kind of made me want to pick up an instrument. So it really like, um, fueled my background. Uh, I really like classic rock. Um, I like a lot of punk stuff, uh, Blink-182 and like Ramones, um, and just bands like that, that kind of make me, I guess, unique as a person. So, um, I'm really big into power chords. That's just kind of my thing. And just, like let's run around in a circle or something so <laughs> they're so simple but it's so effective you can't go wrong with a power card exactly yeah like you can. if johnny ramon can play like three chords for like almost every ramon song and somehow become like world famous like i'm pretty sure anyone could do it if they hit the right mark so we'll see <laughs> exactly exactly no doubt bryce how about you yeah, I mean, similar story to like Tim and everything. Like my dad always was just handing me CDs and stuff when I was younger, driving around with him. Like it wasn't the same vibe as like with when I'm with my mom playing like more radio music or like yeah. kid friendly tracks. Like, I mean, Radio Disney was like a thing over here. Uh, I'm not sure if they did that in the like yeah, global. It was, it, was on, um, it was on iTunes. I remember it being over. And don't ask me why I was listening to it at the time. But I, uh, yeah, but, so like, I mean, <laughs> back in the early 2000s, you could dial that bad boy on, on the, in the car and drive around and listen to it and stuff like that. So like, yeah. that was like the mom vibe. And the, my dad's vibe was like, uh, here is uh, Black Sabbath. And this is called <laughs> Cheap Trick. And oh, Led Zeppelin and all this stuff piles up. And so like, definitely a lot of influence from him. Uh, growing up and, and moving into things and then i guess it was like early 2000s it was probably like four or five uh whenever this mall near us a fancy mall at the time uh short pump got built i there's a hot topic there this is like putting like a like a you know the edgy weird store in the middle of like a really nice area like up and coming <laughs> like classy restaurants great folks um and i bought what i thought was a calendar by this cool band slipknot um turns out it was actually like a record and a t-shirt like combo bundle pack oh, or right. whatever nice. yeah um and i guess that was from i think it was yeah. iowa iowa nice yeah so i mean that would have been like 2002 ish um yeah. something like that and uh why well, I, I didn't have a record player so my older sister was like go return it so i did but <laughs> the image stuck in my head and then i head up itunes you know and just kind of spiraled out of control from there and ended up like finding bands like that. Um, some of the heavier artists, I guess that went mainstream and, you know, with like everybody, especially of our age demographic guitar hero was huge. So like finding some of those bands and then seeing two years later, like lamb of God and like slip my tracks and disturbed, like on video games was insane on uh, that kind of, you know, as you meet older kids growing up, going to some shows and stuff, you know, finding heavier artists or, different bands, different influences and stuff. And I mean, like Tim, I'm not a good guitar player. Like I'll be the first, <laughs> first one to admit it, you know, like power chords are sick, a nice, simple riff, like white chapel. I've been listening to them lately. Some of their like riffs from their self-titled record and things like that. They're just so simple, but like, 
I don't know. They're like effective as hell. I don't get what Alex Wade does, but <laughs> that guy just got some stuff. And it's just like three or four notes, but it's just like put it in the right order. Like he was saying about the Ramones, like if it's good, it's good. Like, yeah, man, you don't I mean, need to... ACDC make it work just using like four chords and yeah, they sell out stadiums and you know what I mean? So shows you the formula works. Why there's no point in breaking yeah. it? Do you know what I mean? See, I've come yeah. to think of it as that it doesn't come down to how complex a riff is or whatever else you're playing. It comes down to the actual feel and energy of it. Yeah. So yeah. if it has a vibe to it, you're just like, fuck, that's insane. Then you, you're instantly going to be captivated by it. Like, I mean, like you, you say Slipknot, like I remember discovering, I think Duality was the first song I heard from Slipknot. Yeah. And I was into like, I need to get into this band. And then saw like the imagery and I was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, duality, like, that main riff, like, it's two notes and a pinch harmonic? Like, come on. Come on. I was playing that riff when I was, like, 10. Like, <laughs> I, you know, uh, and tons of bands, I feel like, especially, or kids growing up, you know, you want to be the next Eddie Van Halen, you know, like, that dude is a literal god. Yeah. Like, not everybody's going to be able to shred like that. You know, Jason Richardson shreds, John Petrucci shreds tons of dudes shred you don't have to shred to be the next best thing or whatever you just got to write good music yeah 100 i think it's like oh go on mike no no go on (laughs) i think there's a difference between you have like some players that will be like i want to get to the technically the best i can possibly ever be and then you have the ones like personally myself i went down the route of i'm never going to be able to play like a vince sevenfold so therefore i am going to go and songwrite instead (laughs) yeah exactly Yeah. (laughs) yeah Well, the thing is, obviously, people just progress in their own way, and like you, you, you're writing your own way. If everyone was like shredding on guitar, people, a lot of people, would just be writing like the same music, and they'd be like, like five minute guitar solos in there, like doing a Zach Wild like all the way through. Do you know what I mean? It just, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same, would it? So, yeah, it's good because it just gives everyone that individuality. And going back to it, you two mentioning mentioning guitar hero. I 100% agree because when I was younger as well, playing that game actually got me into a lot of different music as well like bands that i wouldn't necessarily listen to you still had to play them to get through the different stages on the game and weirdly yep. it worked and it got me into those different like i think that was the first time i ever heard uh kill switch engage like for the first oh, time yeah. playing my curse on guitar three and then yeah so yeah it's, it's crazy how, like like a game like that can just influence you and then you know what i mean to go forward and play music and stuff like that yeah i mean especially like the internet wasn't popping like it is now like you can just type like metal band and who knows what you're gonna find on the internet right now like guitar hero did a huge thing for like rock metal alternative kind of music um i guess guitar driven uh you know we'll we won't talk about the muse track that they make you play all the synth parts on a guitar but it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) you know like most like cool band honestly they got some cool vibes and stuff but yeah it's just crazy to see how times have changed and like especially for our kind of realm of kids like guitar hero shaped a lot of our musical journeys like for sure that's the thing right like that's how influential it was that we're referencing a game that literally came out how many years ago has it been it must have been a come on 10 years now yeah i'm 15 to 20 for sure yeah damn (laughs) crazy yeah Getting old, boys. Oh, no, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You guys get to oh, expert mode on the, through the fire and flames. 
no no i could do it on <laughs> no, hard i didn't either <laughs> i still can't play it i've been playing guitar for 16 to 17 years and i still right. can't do guitar here my brain can't comprehend like you can't play it like a normal guitar yeah dude it, it's crazy like have you seen there's some i don't know what it's even called but like i see people like post it on like reddit or twitch or something you're just scrolling through and it's like more modern songs but it's like they put it into their own like video game version of it and it's not even like they're just like tapping along and pushing buttons it's like just expert mode through fire and flames like it's just guitar sounds it's i don't get it like <laughs> kids tapping like this and yeah, like yeah. it's just not the same yeah. is it no no but i know oh. they, uh, they did rocksmith as well where you could actually just plug your guitar in yeah. and uh I never played it, but you could. I guess you just played along with the tracks on there, and I guess that's that's even better for like people who want to progress into actually learning guitar as well. So that's that's cool that they they did that. But yeah, I never got the chance to play that game. Yeah, I don't, it wasn't too popular. I don't think. No, it wasn't. No, I think it was too hard. For I think probably. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, probably because you actually <laughs> have to. Yeah, I have to pick up a guitar and actually play. But <laughs> you, have to, you have yeah. to learn something, not just the book. Yeah. <laughs> so. You guys kind of quote on the the like the overall writing and the the theme of the EP is a, being a, in an apocalyptic generation. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, Tim. Do you want me to go, or you want to you want to go? Yeah, just because I, I, I think it's an interesting aspect to it because what in in the press release you obviously go on about like how. Um, we're always in fear of everything at the minute. I think it's very relevant at the moment. Um, I don't know if it's worse over with you, where you guys are, or if it's more fear mongering with our media at the current point, but I think it's a very relevant topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think um, coming out of our, like our last EP, like timeless youth, that was more of like a, we were kind of like naive to the world. Those songs are more of like, kind of like happy go lucky, you know, like relationship type songs, like kind of reflecting on like our youth. And as we did some touring, like in, you know, like um, 2019 and 2020, we just saw like a lot of different things. Like the world kind of was like changing around kind of what we were seeing. Um, so when we went into the studio in like February of 2020, I think the Australian wildfires were going on. Um, and it was just like a general, I feel like it was just kind of a weird time, like in the world. So we ended up writing Slow Burn around that time um which you know touches on like the environment and kind of like green energy and yeah. stuff like that and global warming um and then that song kind of led into um out of control which kind of discusses like you know how people are kind of just attached to their phones especially like the the younger generation and stuff um and then that kind of just led us into cobain which is more of like a mental health type song for like when we're out touring and stuff. And, you know, the only people you kind of have are your bandmates and you're in the middle of nowhere, Utah or something. And, you know, shit kind of sucks. So um, I think, yeah, like just the overall theme of the record is just um, it's like more serious than what we normally have been, you know, writing in the past. And we wanted to just tackle some bigger topics that I think we're all like kind of relevant to like what we were all kind of seeing in the world. And, um you know recording half of it like in the middle of the pandemic like for the pandemic and then like you know here in the middle or whatever it was um i think you can kind of like see that i don't know we're just trying to tackle some bigger topics and stuff um bryce do you have anything to add 
Yeah, I mean, kind of like Tim just alluded to a little bit there. Like, it's one of those weird things. Like, we did some of it before the pandemic and some of it after. Is it over? What? What is <laughs> what is life right now? I don't yeah. know. I mean, like, because it's not like that's gone away or anything and, and people still um, have to deal with that. You know, like, I don't know if that's just something the world has to figure out and adapt to. I mean potentially, but you know, like it's just kind of this weird thing where like, uh, we wrote it with this odd mindset of like, everything's on fire behind us. It looks like there's some stuff on fire in front of us, but we got to keep driving that way because there's only one way to go and that's forward. Um, so, you know, like, and, and that goes to the environmental topics, the, you know, young kids are radical and want to change things all the time, but you know, maybe we do have a cool viewpoint that you just haven't thought of and touching on the mental health and stuff is always something we're very, very keen on doing just because like the four of us aren't afraid to, you know, try and just get rid of any stigmas or, or bad mindsets that people have. Like it's, it's okay to have feelings, you know, and emotions like, and, and share them if you're comfortable doing that, you know, um, nothing that we're afraid of doing. And, you know, like I, I hope other people can kind of like grasp onto those concepts too, and, you know, be okay with who they are and, and what they have to deal with in life. Um, but it's just uh, kind of a weird state of the world that we've been in the past, you know, year and a half, two or so, whatever. Um, that just kind of captures it with all five of these tracks in a very unique way almost, you know? Do you think going through this current era as a band is one, is it quite refreshing? Like, um, just in general, like discussing more real topics, like obviously there's the, wouldn't call them generic, but like the typical things to talk about relationships and being with your friends and stuff like that, but actually like tackling actual subjects that are relevant. Uh, did you find that one quite refreshing in the writing process? And two, do you think now with bands going through this era that more um, subject tackling songs writing is going to become more prominent? Because it was something that I think was more prominent probably about like 10 years ago, like with Rise Against and stuff like that, but it kind of like dimmed away. And then I think it's going to start pushing back again. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see something like that potentially happening for us and, and everybody else too. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like there's a reason songs from bands like Blink-182 about hanging out with your friends and doing crazy stuff or breaking up with your girlfriend or whatever yeah. last. And you can, you can always write something like that and it's always to an extent relatable. Yeah. Um, but talking about topics that you know like are a little more like in that rise against a realm of like activism to an extent i think that's definitely something we want to lean towards and i think other bands should too and if there is a resurgence of it that's great you know i'd like to hear more about your perspective on whatever you got going on in your country i'm not i'm not a global citizen i'm not as educated <laughs> as i could be but, you know, like I understand we're all hanging out here on, on the big old blue and green rock together, um, you know, so everybody speaking up on whatever they got going on in their corner of the world is definitely important, you know, um, whatever it may be, kids staring at their phones too much or weird political issues or forest fires, like it's all important. Let's hear about it. Yeah, I think um, building off that, I think we just want to write music that kind of makes, you know, people think more critically. Um some of my favorite artists, one of my favorite artists is like Rage Against the Machine. And I remember like, you know, hearing their self-titled the first time and being like, damn, like, I think 
I haven't been thinking of like, or seeing things like correctly in the world and like how people interact socially between like different, you know, races and just stuff like that. And it's just, I feel like it's really cool if you're able to make the listener really like think critically about how they see their day-to-day life or, you know, something like that. Um, and we're kind of hoping for, you know, somewhat of a similar effect with the, you know, slow burn on the record as like the environmental stuff. So, um, I think just promoting like, you know, more critical thinking and, you know, we have had kind of like a weird environment with the, in the United States with like our, you know, presidents changing over here recently. And it's kind of like a weird demographic between like, you know, like the left and right type thing. So I think just, you know, spurned off that you will definitely see like, you know, more songs where people are trying to make people think in a different mindset. So. Yeah. Where did you guys get the, um, the artwork idea from then? Obviously it's a compilation of everything that, that it's about, but what was the artwork? What was, what's behind the artwork? <laughs> so we, uh, when we were working with uh, this guy, his name's uh, Bruno from down in Brazil, actually, we, we found him on like Instagram, uh, oddly enough, and just kind of started a conversation there. And for, for each song, like the single he did, uh, the, the cover for that as well like obviously slow burn has like yeah fire and stuff and then the youth is the kids on a bird and stuff and um but for, for this one we kind of sent him a message and we were just like how would you picture like a sleep paralysis demon and like just something creepy vibey like watching over you uh because you see like that dude's face in the mirror yeah, on the cover yeah. it's just like what is that I, I, like trying to capture this like unifying sense of you know like it's an it's just a bathroom but there's also some like weird stuff going on um and you know it's not all necessarily supposed to be like super thought-provoking but definitely just gets you to like think about like in the normal sense there's always other stuff going on in the room that you might be able to see or you might not be able to because it's dark and in the shadows you know um kind of going back to the whole mental health thing um since that was a a pretty big thing uh and the title track and whatnot yeah um yeah bruno does really cool like abstract art so he'll take like um i think his handle is like at taki is branding or something i don't remember something anyways um yeah he has just really (laughs) cool like he'll take basically like retro like pieces of art and like combine them in like a modern style and like all his artwork kind of like makes you think like it's just weird stuff like a guy like sitting on the moon like looking out into the space and like the space is ocean or something like it's just kind of you know thought-provoking stuff so we had him just kind of do the record um and we just really liked kind of like his artistic style and we were hoping that like each piece of art kind of makes you think um it just it just thought-provoking kind of like the song like subjects of the song so um we thought it kind of tied everything together pretty well awesome it is authentic um, absolutely because i mean when i first saw it it was you, you just you're instantly drawn into like oh right what's going i need to understand what what this is or what's going on with it and i think that's that's the best type of artwork because you actually fully appreciate it and with you kind of like talking through what your thought process was with that and how that came together it makes it even more interesting yeah, we let him I think have. You appreciate it. I was gonna, sorry, go I was going to say, yeah, we kind of let him have like creative freedom as far as like the art, like as far as like kind of it goes. But we did have 
some edits and stuff and um, kind of we're bouncing back some ideas, yeah. but definitely think it turned out pretty sick. Is it all digital yeah. or is it part like physical digital, paint yeah. or digital? Yeah. 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 We, I was going to say, you come to appreciate it a lot more nowadays, like the artwork as well, because of the vinyl resurgence and stuff like that. And that's one of the main reasons for me when I buy like a, a vinyl, like a record like that is mainly the artwork and like looking at all all that and inside a gatefold and seeing the artwork inside of there and that sort of thing so i think more than ever artwork is is just as important obviously as as yeah. the music in a way if you get me yeah definitely so um yeah we there is a plan for this to have be pressed to vinyl but with the current like yeah. backlog or whatever they decided to kind of hold off until you know, we could actually have something and <laughs> be able to ship it. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the layout for this is going to be pretty cool. I think we um, right now we have the front cover and we're kind of working on like the back and then like the insert and everything. So um, yeah. even though it's only five songs, I think it will still be pretty cool to have it like on wax and, you know, listen to it on my Crosley or whatever. So should be sick. <laughs> I think it's a different level of our appreciation, like actually having like the physical work of your music there's just something so yeah. different than i've seen like an mp3 wav track on your on your computer yeah. it just takes it to a next level like holy shit this is this is, this is real this is, yeah. yeah like i made this with with yeah. my hands and i'm holding it so totally feel that <laughs> <laughs> right so what, what is it with the whole uh you know with the vinyl thing at the moment is it because i've seen that there is a lack of vinyl but i've never actually like, dove into what's actually going into the adele yeah. thing is it, is it Adele? Adele released an album and everyone went, nobody do vinyls. We are <laughs> the only people that's doing vinyls for like the next six months or something. Yeah, I, I don't know about that situation. But yeah, I mean, like, I know a lot of bands, um, like, I, like, uh, God, I can't even think of an example. I, oh, I bought the, uh, the Devil Wears Prada, like, Zombie 2 yes, uh, over yeah. the summer last Sick. year, right? And I just it never the release date came nothing shipped like the week before or the week after and then like six months later I just got a record on my doorstep and then like it came time for us to have those conversations with uh rude about printing our own and getting some stuff done and they were like hey it's like a six to eight month turnaround right now and we don't know how you guys feel about doing like a, a pre-order and stuff on the release when like so if you bought like a, a t-shirt and a record yeah you're not gonna get it until the record's good too. So like that's it's a long time to wait. I mean, we're talking yeah. like you'd get it in September and we were like, maybe we'll see if like production changes and stuff. Like yeah. and, and it it's so different every day because like sometimes people are like, well, if you just get a straight black, like we can do that in like three months though. And it's like, well, I don't know if I want straight black. Like look at these cool colors we can do. Like <laughs> come on. Um so it's just it's weird. It's real weird. Meanwhile, Adele's just melting everyone's vinyls down and just <laughs> I own all the vinyl. <laughs> no, because I had the same experience with uh, the last main album that was released. I pre-ordered it, and then I think it turned up about like four months later. Right. Yeah. But then I got Spirit Box literally on the day it was meant to turn up. It was baffling. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, like I don't know if like bands like maybe when did spirit was their album out in september yeah and i assume the main probably came out in may june that's just it was like april or something last year or something yeah so i mean maybe like 
that's when word got around and it was just like, cool, you just need to like push the button on this stuff already. Like just say yes. <laughs> so we can get it out in time um, for your release. Yeah. I don't know why. Cause like I've wanted to order like the, the eternal blue record. I, I've thought about getting it myself and it's just like, well, but when is it going to show up? Like, I don't, I don't know. What do you think of it? So, if you I imagine you've listened to it. Oh yeah. 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 I, I like it as a whole. I mean, there's, I think that band is like refreshing kind of like, I mean, they obviously have Sam Carter on the track and everything yes. um, from Architects and like that band Architects is refreshing to metal in the same way that like, I think spirit box is like, yeah. you know, it's not just about like distortion and breakdowns and cool riffs. Like you can push it. I mean, she Courtney has an incredible voice, like, and she pushes her voice in various aspects and they've got so many cool uh, vibes. I mean, the intro track song killer, like there's no breakdown until the end and the whole time. If you're like, Oh, heaviest band, whatever come like, you're not going to be picking up on those vibes, like constants, but that's a beautiful track. Incredible. Like, right. Like, I don't know. So like just hearing stuff like that come from them and like knowing a whole, just straight clean vocals the whole time, not really heavy or anything. Like you could put that on like mainstream radio to an extent, nobody's going to like turn it off in the way that somebody wouldn't turn off. Like, um, I can't even think of an example now, but you know, like, <laughs> like Tim, you, you got me here. Like a, I don't know, like a, a heavier mainstream, like a breaking Benjamin track. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, something like that in that sense, that kind of like same round that they like cross mm-hmm. over into that round, but then they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like don't play us in front of your grandma. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one that I said this when we did the wrap up of last year, of like albums of the year where from like Holy Roller and then he announced the album. I was like, this has the potential to like really like let me down when it comes out as a release. Cause there was so much hype about that band. And then it turned up and it was like, holy shit, this actually lived up to the hype. Yeah. Cause like Agreed. there's so many occasions on that album where there's just clever songwriting and vocal melodies where everything's hooky. Yeah. Like big fan of that record, especially for like the metal rock scene of the world. Yeah. No doubt. Like, I mean, Architects over is like up the like top tiers yeah. of like metal, like the, the most prominent. I, I'd say they're probably one of the most prominent metal bands around now. Oh, was it yeah. bring me bring me the horizon right there, but then they're, yeah. they're sort of crossing the boundaries now and they're like mixing sort of pop elements with metal and it's just it's crazy like they're just crossing yeah. into both worlds i mean it's crazy like thinking of that band because like yeah you know their first records like thinking that band is the same yeah. band that yeah. it's crazy <laughs> isn't it yeah that? yeah and I was doing classic Ed Sheeran on the bridge. Yeah, you, <laughs> right? you would never yeah. have thought that, would you? Like listening to that first like EP and that album, and then just going from that to a collab with Ed Sheeran, as you said, it's fucking mental. Yeah, that definitely shows just how good of like musicians they all actually yeah. are, though. Just like the way that they can, like I was talking to one of my friends, and he's like, they just did like a full loop of like their sound going from Sympaternal, they do like you know that's a spirit, and then Amo, yeah. and then they have like. The, that newer ep and it's like he comes in and it's like oh ollie's gonna start like screaming again like oh shit like here <laughs> it's 2013 <laughs> all over again like let's go um so just a really cool like i feel like they can pretty much do whatever they want at this point and honestly i'm gonna listen to it regardless i think every every release that they've done recently is like uh 
I wonder what happens if we just add this element, or I wonder <laughs> if we work with the guy that composes Doom or something like that. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like that's it's pretty much e- what it is. Yeah, and it's like it's not even things like in my head. But like, Joe, I really want to do. I want to collab with someone who does a game soundtrack, and it it just completely like makes sense when you combine both together. It's like, holy shit, that's incredible. Especially when Did they work the with the uh, with that guy? With, his name's Mick, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Mick Gordon, um, I want to say that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. Was that for the EP? Yeah. So it was because, for like, I, okay, Parasite Eve. They did it for. Yeah, like I totally can like hear that the vibes for sure. That's sweet, sick game. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, cool. <laughs> All right, should we do the segments? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we'll get started with the first one then, which is, uh, what is your favorite scary movie? That's an easy answer. (laughs) That's a real easy answer. The answer is John Carpenter's hit from 1978. You got it on the wall back there, it looks like. (laughs) Uh, But Halloween, man, you cannot go wrong with that movie. Like, OG, Scream Queen kind of stuff going on. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis just terrified. Is it a shape? Is it a person? Like, is it a monster? It's the boogeyman? Nah, but who knows? Michael Myers is here forever, man. That's all I'm saying. 100% OG. How did you feel about Halloween Kills then? I liked it. Uh, I'm, I haven't... So I bought the like extended director's cut version of it. The massive four-minute increase in runtime is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm real excited for it, but I haven't watched it yet. Um I feel like the ending is the really only thing. The ending of that film is I'm like, uh, what's where are you going to go from here now? Cause I feel yeah. like they were building up this. He's he, Mike's just a person, man. And then all of a sudden they threw that supernatural potential element back in. And I feel like yeah, that's yeah. a lot of the stuff that people were not about with like, uh, I guess the whole like yeah. marking and everything from like Halloween six with like the curse. So Oh, they sort of made they sort of made him human, didn't they? And then they brought the whole cult thing into it, the cult of thorns, and then it was like, yeah, okay, you may be going a bit OTT because like John Carpenter just wanted it to be the boogeyman and just like you said, just some supernatural force that just was just doing these things. Um, yeah, and then yeah, as you saw at the end of Halloween Kills, he, he took a shitload of knives and footnails. What else? <laughs> he right. got, got beat <laughs> the fuck up, and yeah, he still just walked off and killed everyone there, with so. like. Wow. Three fingers? Yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. So I'm very curious to see where this next one goes uh, in October. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it as soon as I can, yeah. get, get in and see it. But yeah, I've, I've heard that there's going to be a four-year gap, so it's up to date with recent times. It's going to have COVID yeah. elements in it. It's going to have COVID elements oh, in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's been an interesting thing to watch with like shows and things too, like movies as well. Like, did COVID happen in your world or not? <laughs> you just get in the Marvel Michael films next. <laughs> Michael Myers yeah. doing a P- PCR test just before he's stepping into someone's house. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite been, the notes. <laughs> he's been masked up. He's good. He's good. Um, well, eventually gets Michael Myers COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what about you, what about yours then, Tim? What's uh, what's your favorite scary movie? Um, I'd probably say it. Um, nice. Big fan of like you know they have it one and two obviously out, and 
Um, we actually have a group chat with like all of our friends here in Richmond called the losers club. So we always like to get together and watch, um, that movie, like, it, I don't know, it just kind of speaks to me. I had like a group of friends when I was growing up that was like seven to eight people. Um, and we'd always run around the neighborhood, like with bikes and stuff. And it just, I just kind of see myself in that, not dying, obviously and chasing a clown, but like, <laughs> I just think that movie is really cool. Um, and just kind of like some of the themes and stuff they tackle, like, um, you know, Stephen King kind of tackles, like there's some, you know, racism bits in there with like, I guess Henry's like kind of doing his thing and then they kind of, you know, join forces and everything. And it's just kind of sick. So um, I really like that movie. Yeah, man, he's, he's got that like uh, nostalgic feel to it in the beginning. And it's like, if, you know what I mean? Every kid's like childhood growing up, everyone's got their own different problems going on, especially at home and stuff like that and yeah uh, yeah it's, it's got like, like goonies vibe to it but if if uh yeah. if sloth was a killer <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I just think the character development too is like just solid um both like the book and the um and the movie so i, I just really enjoy it so it's the point where matty shows off the uh pennywise bust he's got to his left oh really oh, yeah. Well, yeah, let's see it i'm gonna fix my camera after this because yeah, it's a bit of a wriggle, but there we go. Whoa. Okay. That's that's sick. Sick. It's it's to scale, it's life size, and its eyes go in the dark as well. And it's, it's freaky as know. fuck when you're sat in a room with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you, you've sure. got ghost face. Oh, you got there, ghost face. Got Michael Myers thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that as the poster behind you? Is that Rob Zombies? Yeah, so I got this. Yeah, you got the yeah. same as me. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, it's the Rob Zombie's Halloween one that I've got there, and then uh, then that's the 2018 one uh, just behind me, and then I've got another one in the corridor. But I met uh, nice. That's sick. Um, yeah, I went to a horror convention over here in the UK back uh, a couple of years back, and uh, Tyler Main was there. Um, so I, I met him, and he fucking hell, he's intimidating. Is he huge? Like, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. He is massive. I mean, I'm six foot, and he make me look like a fucking small fry. So oh yeah, you God. can imagine him. You can imagine why Rob Zombie wanted to pick him to play Michael Myers. It's no insane, doubt, man. Yeah. yeah, I think fun. James Jude Courtney's absolutely killing it though with the um, the recent incarnation of the Halloween films. Like it just yeah. the, the overall presence of him. He's just like so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna that leave myself on a horror angle because it's not <laughs> anymore. So we're in a typical like, 2000s like, like, horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there any like particular horror movies you guys watched like growing up that sort of stuck with you? Like, obviously, not necessarily favorite, but maybe like a first horror movie that you watched and you was like, "Fuck, like this is this is scary." Uh, yeah, the Blob was like the first one. The the <laughs> yeah, one I guess it was from late eighties or early nineties. Yeah, that one and the original too. But oddly enough, the original one like got like scared the hell out of me for some reason. Even though it was like super cheesy and stuff compared to the newer one, like you yeah. weren't watching people get disintegrated in it. But that and uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, um, sick. Yeah, that movie got me because. Uh, there's a theme park here that had the licensing for it for a little bit yeah. and they had like uh like bush gardens has like a italy section and uh in the circus clowns in the area were like actually like dressed up in the proper attire from the film and nice. so being like six seven years old walking through there was like terrifying 
Um, so, <laughs> I bet, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I went to the Horror Nights um, a couple, well, it would have been 2019, I went to the uh, Orlando one, and they, uh, oh, wow. they had the Killer Clowns there as well for the Horror Nights, which is pretty yeah. cool. What's up? Yeah, Universal sick. Yeah, man. <laughs> This is the first um, time I've ever been to one, but they go all out for it. And yeah, like the props are always on point, like everything like that, the makeup and everything, like it doesn't doesn't disappoint. So yeah, they did um Stranger Things as well, which was pretty cool. Oh nice, yeah. yeah. We that's yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I would have I wanted to go to that one. I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, but um we did not make it down there. So <laughs> did you what was on did you guys go to the one in uh in Hollywood then in LA? No, nah, we tried. Like we we got there and we're like trying to buy tickets, and they're like, "Oh, it's sold out!" Like an hour or two ago, and I was like, "For real?" Yeah, pretty much. So, and we got we got stuck just like hanging out at the like the entrance, kind of like in Orlando, like the entrance is all the shops and stuff like that. Yeah. So just around there. Have you guys checked out the? Uh, there's a place called Mystic Museum. I can't remember whether it's in LA or yeah, California, that, somewhere yeah. like that, where. They have a thing called throwback video, and it's literally slash, like slashback video. Slashback video, sorry. Um, it's like literally a room full of like all the retro like uh, VHS tapes of all the old horror films and stuff like that. Oh, sweet. And he did a thing recently for the Evil Dead 40th anniversary where he did like an entire walkthrough experience of different things to do with the first Evil Dead film. I've not heard of that, but I've I will not heard of that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it's called a uh, Mystic Museum. The I think Deb Meat, if you've known them on YouTube, they did like a walkthrough experience of it all. It was looked amazing. It made me so jealous I'm in England. Yeah. Let's check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say the this isn't really a horror movie, but um I that you know that movie signed with Mel Gibson? That yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, it's a sick movie. That I have a field behind my house like just like they have in that movie and watching that at age like 10 and like finding it by accident and then watching it and seeing like the aliens come up out of there yeah that messed me up for a while so like i can't watch that movie um and it's just like really creepy um and then another movie i really enjoyed was uh six cents um you know the ending of that that the twist is just like kind of mind-blowing yeah and you know when you're 12 so you're like oh my god um he's dead <laughs> so yeah so have you not found any crop circles then just as as of yet no. yeah we uh if i'm pretty sure if i saw any crop circles i would just burn the house down and uh, <laughs> move to like <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well it gotta yeah. be done <laughs> yeah well looks like we're dying today i don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't like driving through Nebraska and like I don't really like going through like the Midwest United States. Like you'll go through like Indiana or like um like any of anywhere in like the middle US. Yeah, it's all corn. Like literally like (laughs) hundreds of miles of corn. Just cornfields. I know there's an alien in there. I can't prove it. But there's one in there. It's <laughs> either that or Slipknot. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah you really find some Slipknot just jamming in the corner or, or an alien. If you go, if you go, it's a fact. If you go to the middle of a cornfield, you will find Slipknot rehearsing. In black. Oh, hey. <laughs> Corey yeah. Taylor just there chilling. <laughs> 
to be fair though, you would shit yourself in that scenario. If you was in the middle of a cornfield, you saw a dude in a slip up mask. I do not even care. I still would have my life. I'm running. I'm out. Yeah. No Jim Root's like a giant. I'm not bothering with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gives All me right. proper te- Texas Chainsaw vibes as well. That just imagining going down a highway like that and just seeing all the fucking cornfields and things like that. We, we, yeah. it's, we, it's not really like that, is it, over here? Well, nah, it's a bit stale. Like, yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got all the it. different atmospheres and all these different things going on, where it's just, yeah, it's pretty, uh, just a few green fields and, yeah. Sounds safer to me, honestly. But yeah. it does. It sounds a lot safer. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's bad stuff and sketchy vibes. But, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess at least you didn't have leather face. The leather face, so. <laughs> true, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. We have the uh, we have the werewolf, uh, the American werewolf in uh, in London. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't live place. in London. That's fine. Oh, Wicker Man. Yeah, we have Wicker Man. And Wicker Man, that's, yeah. Uh, okay. I think I'm the omen. That's pretty much it. Oh, you you guys can keep all the serial killers. <laughs> Dude, we got, we got plenty. Did you get did you, when you went to LA to record? Did you manage to find the Elm Street house? Uh, no, I looked up um, actually the the Halloween house instead. It's uh, like a law firm or something right now. Yeah, like oh, they, it's like a landmark. Yeah, they like. I don't know how you do. I don't know how you move a house. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I've, I've seen, I I've seen I videos and stuff, but yeah, it's like they lift the foundations off a of foot nose, how they keep it intact. Yeah. But yeah, they moved it down so the road, didn't they? Yeah, it's like down in like Burbank or something. Um, so we were like close to it when we were there, but it's just like getting there. It's weird, but they're like super chill. They're like, as, as long as you don't come up to the door and you like sit here, like they have a little square for you to sit and take a photo. Yeah, right. It's like, they know like that's, that's Michael Myers' house. You got to check it out. There's actually a, a replica uh, just like two or three hours south here and uh, on the East Coast in North Carolina that like every year for Halloween, they like sell tickets and stuff too for you to come. Nice. And they, this dude has like 100% replicated everything from the house. Amazing. Um, yeah. Well, they filmed it not far off. They were the new the new movies they filmed were not far off where you are. Then. Like, I think it's yeah. is it Wilmington. Uh, yeah, South Carolina uh, or North Carolina. Yeah, Wilmington's yeah. like the the Hollywood of the East Coast for some reason. Like, yeah. tons of movies were filmed there. The new God Scream knows film why. as well was was done there, and yep. all the Halloween, the new Halloweens, and I'm guessing they're probably going to do the the recent Scream film. They're going to do that one as well. The second one yeah. they're releasing. So yeah, it's been announced today. Aren't it? The yeah, uh, date next year. Six. Oh, they announced like a release date for next year. Yeah, 2023 March. Okay. That seems too <laughs> quick. Like, <laughs> I feel like they already had like they must have. You know, those, yeah, you already had the script and everything, and like you knew what the world was gonna say. Yes, like it's it's Ghostface. Come on. <laughs> so. True. Yeah, it's it's just crazy because they probably saw the success of Halloween and it was like, yeah, we gotta do, we gotta make a trilogy out of this again. Yeah. Even though Wes isn't, isn't there to be present, but yeah. So I mean, next year we get Exorcist reboot and Halloween six, and is there enough one next year? Uh, I, I think don't know, that's the two. I think it's Exorcist and Scream next year. Yeah, because Halloween's this year, and uh, I guess they did uh, Texas Chainsaw as well. I haven't watched that yet. I've heard it was rough. Uh, 
Yeah, it's mixed with oh, okay. news about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of seeing. I just hadn't hadn't, you know, really gotten cozy up to it yet. I know they filmed it in Europe though. Um Really? Yeah, in like Bulgaria or something. Damn. Like I I don't know. Like to be, not to in be fair, America, the cinematography is amazing in it. Like there are certain like shots and stuff that you're like, you're like yeah, it's fucking bang on. But then you actually get to the you think about the storyline <laughs> and you just go Mm, no, yeah. you don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> oh, you went there. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, now it's finished. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to the next segment. Yeah. Yeah. You beat me to it then. For sure. All yeah. right. So the Mike, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your pet peeves? What pisses you off the most in life? And it could be, like we said, anything as pet as you want. Someone eating and biting the fault and they're eating and like making it screech or like I don't know someone walking too slow in front of you like we've had all that sort of stuff before so yeah anything people who slurp the drink when they're yeah. having a drink Ooh. um I'd probably say like slow drivers um my nickname <laughs> in the in the band is Timmy Whip so like if they give me the keys to the van on tour we're going to we're getting to the gig like one time <laughs> we had the <that> early <laughs> yeah we're getting there early um so i don't like to drive fast i just like to drive with a purpose and i feel like if i get stuck on it <laughs> behind someone that's like slow or just like two people slow and they're like hogging the lanes just like i'm like damn it just move it the hell out of the way that's like probably normally my pet peeve um so yeah what about you bryce oh man there's honestly a lot of stuff that bothers me um <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just that guy uh this i guess it's not like necessarily uh a thing that like people do but just a aspect of life that just really grinds my gears um is when when people say like like uh, in in fancy emails and all this stuff like this but they you have this like wish me luck mentality when someone like you're walking out the door to go do something and you're they're just like bye wish me luck like uh, what are you going to do like i don't even know what you're doing are you do you have a job interview like uh, are you going to have a baby like uh, what luck do you need like what is it i, I don't know or like i'll get an email from from someone at work and they're just like cool i'll work on it wish me luck i'm like what what context is that <laughs> yeah. wish you luck to do your job like you're supposed to like get out of here i don't know so to clarify it it's when people say wish me luck but there's no actual purpose to it there's no like clarification of what they need luck yeah. with it's just i am doing something wish me luck yeah pretty much it's just like all right cool off to work wish me luck and it's like wh- why are you, are you <laughs> doing like open heart surgery at work today and you've never done that before like what's going on that you need I don't know. It's just weird. It bothers me. It's like you're hoping for the worst. Like, I mean, unless you're working in front of house at McDonald's, then yeah, you probably need some luck. There. <laughs> need some luck there. Damn, I can't wait to use that now, Bryce. Whenever I see you next, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Going to take a piss. Wish me luck. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I'm saying. Like, when people do stuff like that, it's just why. What? I don't know. What's the purpose? Don't like, ask me. If I, I wanted to shit. wish you luck, I would say, Timmy, good luck. Good luck in there. Like, you just ate a bad burrito. Good luck in there, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got There's you. context to that. If you know 
the story behind them approaching that toilet, then it's like, you're going to need luck. But if it's just yeah. like, no context, no nothing, there is no struggle or worry from that, and they're just going, wish me luck, that's where the problem is. Yeah. Like, that sounds bothersome, doesn't it? Do people not do that over there? Not really. Like, no, we'll no, do no. it. Like, typically, Americans are assholes. Uh, <laughs> um, it's typically where if someone goes oh going having a meeting or something wish me luck or something like it, that's more where it's used in England like it's not used generically of I'm opening the door wish me luck yeah I, you I have to have a proper pessimistic outlook in life to be able to be like oh something will happen <laughs> to me when I open this door <laughs> yeah get attacked by like a wild goose <laughs> <laughs> There's a burr. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. I've never yeah. read that one before, but I think that's more for it in the US than what it is in England. But that, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, man. Look, I also have a vendetta against coffee tables and the sensation that it leaves your toe when you like, you know what I mean? You stub your toe on like a coffee table or something. Oh right, like, yeah. The, in that instance, yeah. yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't need coffee tables. Just get rid of them. Like, you put your drink on a table next to your couch, not in front of it. It's usually the shin. It's not my actual toe. It's me catching my shin. It's like where mm. the table sticks out a bit more in the corners. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. where it gets me. I don't need it. Stop designing tables like that. No. Nope. Just keep it as a box. <laughs> <laughs> don't need tables just need cardboard boxes that's all you need yeah all right perfect i think that wraps everything up uh so lay your way out the ep is out next week the 25th, 25th. Yep. next friday 25th yes and it's on rude records okay guys thanks so much for coming on thanks a lot guys uh, yeah of course thanks for having us yeah. very much and a good chat yeah that was Telltale on an Airful podcast. A massive shout out to Harris from Cousins Golf for getting us the chat. It was decent. It was. Make sure you check out the uh, brand new EP, which is now everywhere. Yeah, and also don't forget while you're at it, we've got a Patreon now where you can go check out exclusive content. Um, we've dropped a merch line where you can go and uh, see that. The links will be either below in the video or in the description when you're listening to the audio um, because I can't remember from the top of my head what it was, even though we're not long just mentioned it. Can you remember, Lun? No. no. <laughs> not. Anyway, you'll find it somewhere. But, yeah, we've got the merch, we've got the Patreon, and also just find our socials wherever you go. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook... Uh, we've not reached TikTok yet because um, we're old man, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching anyway. We appreciate it. See you next time.